Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. We're here to recap the second day of 2020 preseason Formula One testing at Barcelona. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas, and with me today is motorsport.com F1 editor Jonathan Noble and Autosports Formula One reporter Luke Smith. So, it was another interesting day at Barcelona. We had a late performance run from Kimi Raikkonen that put Alfa Romeo on top, but the big story of the day, and probably the only show in town, was Mercedes. Das steering trick that they're doing. John, you were across this story all day. What's the gist of it? Oh, it's, well, these, this is one of the days you kind of live for as a, a Formula One journalist, just when something kind of starts bubbling away and then erupts massively. Um, so the story started this morning when some onboard footage of Lewis Hamilton's car, um, some people spotted the steering was being moved backwards and forwards. Uh, obviously then it went everywhere, people looking at what it was doing, then the wheels were uh, moving around uh, in line with the steering wheel movement. And as the day developed, it was confirmed Merck have got this system called dual-axis steering. Um, basically what it does, it alters the toe of the front wheels. So the car can be perfectly set up for the corners um, with the wheels towed in one way. Then on, when you get onto the straights, you straighten them up, minimal drag, minimum um, resistance, stops the wheels overheating. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant system that's been approved by the FIA. FIA is confident it is legal. Obviously that won't get confirmed until Australia. Um, rival teams have been left scratching their heads. And I mean, you could physically see the wheels moving as soon as he pulled the steering wheel. It was really quite remarkable at first. It almost looked like it was going to come off in his hands at one point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had to go. I went down and spoke to someone at Mercedes, um, you know, shortly after these videos had emerged, just to check, you know, it wasn't something that was broken on the, the wheel. Because sometimes in F1, you get these wild conspiracy theories going about why things are flexing or bending. And then within 20 minutes, the team says, oh, no, it was broken. We've taken off. But no, this was, they were straight open from the start. This was a, 
you know, a deliberate system, something they've worked on, something they've approved. Uh, and I think they quite liked the fact that, you know, a time of rule stability when we all thought F1 was going to get a bit boring technically, we've had a great piece of innovation that's got fans and the paddock and the media all excited. Mm. Now, Luke, there was a, a special press conference, uh, Formula One and the FIA. They're trying a different, few different things with the media here at this test. So yesterday we had the, the three rookies from last year and Kimi Raikkonen in a sort of a chat show sort of vibe. Then there's a few questions from the floor for the press conference. Today, it was James Allison and Lewis Hamilton. Now, that was always planned, but it, it was perfectly, almost serendipitous that they were exactly the people we wanted to speak to. You had the driver involved using that system in the morning and then you had the technical director of the team who had produced it. What was the atmosphere like in the room? Because I think at first when, when Tom Clarkson, the host of that press conference, was speaking, it was sort of more general, talk about Lewis's career, the sort of things that he was thinking about looking into new season. But everybody else seems to just want to focus on pinning James Allison down onto a straight answer. So how is that from your point of view? Yeah, very interesting. And um, obviously certain areas of the media sort of look after certain uh, topics, I guess, particularly when it comes to Lewis. And uh, a couple of making comments like, oh, this isn't all going to be about steering wheel, is it? And from our point of view, obviously that was the big story of the day, not hearing about any new contract updates or anything like that from Lewis. We wanted to know about this amazing device that Mercedes have brought along. And uh, yeah, um, it was uh, referenced to by Tom when he was doing the sort of opening gambit with uh, with them. And uh, it was quite nice when it was brought up, uh, Lewis gave James Allison a very knowing look. Look, I think it's sort of a glint in his eye saying we might really be onto something here and uh, yeah they both kept their cards very close to their chest as one would expect at this point of the season uh, saying that they're going to see how the device works and, and what kind of benefit it can offer but uh, yeah you could tell there was real pride I think about James Allison when he was talking about this this device and uh, even on Lewis's part talking about the team and he says so much about how proud he is of the Mercedes crew he works with and they're pushed to innovate and always get better even after six world titles in a row and and I think this is perfect evidence of that, that they can find new ways to think outside the box to get a step on their rivals. And uh, as John said, leave the paddock really scratching their heads about how they've managed this. Now, is the one thing you think with a driver physically moving a steering wheel whilst running at several hundred miles an hour, let's face it, is it a potential safety issue? Now, that question was put to Lewis Hamilton. And what was his response? He said no, no safety issue whatsoever. And we saw both him and Valtteri Bottas throughout today's running. Uh, they were using the system pretty straightforwardly no real issues it seems and uh yeah it's uh it's definitely very strange um a few people on social media compared it a bit to uh, a car a road car when you get in you sort of adjust the steering wheel by pushing it backwards and forwards um and it was similar to that but yeah both drivers said no safety issues whatsoever and uh, i think it's all about now what performance benefit it will offer them now john this doesn't look like the sort of system that rival teams can just copy it looks pretty complex. So, do you think there's going to be a few, few barbs from from rival outfits saying, you know, what's going on? Why have the FIA allowed this? Uh, I think it's fascinating now where it, where it leaves you if you're a rival team. If I mean, they've got to a work out what the performance benefit is, and obviously there must be a performance benefit because otherwise Mercedes wouldn't have it on their car. Secondly, there's no way of truly checking the legality until the Australian Grand Prix. The way the system works in Formula One is a, a team creates an innovation, it checks with the FIA. You know, would you consider this illegal? And then the, 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 the governing body, um, likely Nicholas Tombasis, their FIA technical chief in this respect, will give his opinion that it's legal, but the system's only defined by the stewards at a Grand Prix. So it could still go to, so to the FIA could say, we believe it's legal. We turn up in Australia, it could get thrown out in scrutineering, unlikely. More likely as a team would lodge a protest and then it would go to the stewards and they would dis- decide. So that's the first proper test case for this. That leaves teams three, four weeks to work out what we do now. Um, I spoke to a few technical directors today 
Um, they are adamant. They can fit it in these cars. It's not going to need a new monocoque. It's not going to need a new chassis. just needs a new concept of steering rack that moves across two axes. Um, but that's not the work at the moment. This is two, three months' time work, maybe. And you think in the background, these teams are already juggling resources for 2021. They want to try and switch off as much work early as they can for the 2020 car, so they don't fall behind in 21. Now they've got an added complication, so they've got a huge headache on their hands. And what what would be the legal argument? Would it be a case of a team saying, well, this is a suspension part that isn't allowed to move in that way, whereas Mercedes would say, well, we're steering the wheels with the steering wheel, right? Yeah, exactly. I spoke to spoke to um, people who understood the situation uh, quite well today. The issue relates to you know, where the lines of a steering um, part of a car is and where the lines of a suspension are. You cannot move the suspension components while the car's in motion. That's that's outlawed. But according to the FIA, this is just moving the steering. It's just moving the, the wheels in a in a different way and a different axis than they would normally. So as far as they're concerned, there's nothing in the regulations that outlaws it. Um, there's been no technical directive that outlaws it. So from their perspective, it's, it's fully legal. It's now up to rival teams to prove this is a suspension change not a steering change. Now, one interesting uh, discussion that this throws up, it's almost a philosophical thing, really, was is that this this can't have been a cheap development from Mercedes. I mean, it's, it's tremendously interesting. Like I said earlier, when you look at the pictures of those wheels moving as Hamilton pulls the steering wheel out, it's, it's, it's very clever stuff. But does it really add much to the viewer? Does it really add much to the spectacle? And therefore, with it only, you know, will it be on the 2021 car? I suppose we don't know at this stage, but is it worth a team or, or more teams investing much more money just to try and try and copy that idea? What do you think, Luke? I think it just shows the level of innovation that we have in F1 and we still have even so stable the regulations may be now. And uh, James Allison said in the same press conference that as proud as he was of this one device, he said under the chassis and under the engine cover, there's so much more that they're, they're so proud of and they've done, but you can't physically see it. So I think this is um, it's just a very, very physical thing that, that we can see for the, for the very first time happening. Um, I think similar to the, I think it was the F ducts where the driver would take the hand off the steering wheel and cover a hole in the cockpit to uh, affect the error. I think that was again very real that everyone could actually see what was going on. And uh, yeah, to see the the car moving as you said was was incredible. Um, I was in Red Bull uh, actually when that emerged, and Max Verstappen was on his phone looking at it. He said, "Look at it, the, the wheels are moving. They're moving." And it's uh, it's that kind of spark and we i guess for the engineers and designers going Man, i wish i thought of that um that's what f1 is all about and i think uh, yeah ultimately every team on the grid it may not be something that the midfield teams can obviously pour money or time or resources to look into a big team like mercedes absolutely can do that um so i think yeah it's something that it definitely does show that i guess the sort of two-tier system we have in the sport currently um maybe looking to sort of 21 and the budget cap and things like that are we gonna see I guess innovation like this in the future where teams are more limited on budget and resources and things like that and what they can spend their time on I think that'll be uh, that'll be interesting but for now I think you've just got to say fair play to Merck for a really great idea I think the innovations like today are exactly what makes Formula 1 so attractive you know there's been a lot of concern from teams that we don't want standard cars it would take away from the sport and I think they're correct you know we talk about you know we'll talk about DAS for years to come if you know if it gets last one race or ten races or becomes a standard in Formula 1 like we talk about the double diffuser, like we talk about the F-Ducts, like we talk about the Brabham fan car, like we talk about ground effect. It's, it's pushing the envelope, exploiting these grey areas, you know, is what attracts a lot of fans to sport. I mean, our website traffic today has been remarkable. You know, second it emerged, social media erupted, we had stories out, traffic was roaring, roaring away. This is what excites fans almost as much as the battles on the track sometimes on Sundays. 
Absolutely. No, it wasn't all plain sailing for Mercedes, was it, Luke? What happened to Levaltri Bottas later in the day? I had a slight electrical issue uh, towards the end of the day in the final hour of running, so it's uh, not all plain sailing, as you rightly said, but I think uh, they can still say a very positive day. Uh, they still racked up a, a huge number of laps. I think they were going to get 200 in a day had they not had that late issue. So, uh, yeah, really, really impressive stuff. So, returning to one of the big stories from yesterday, the racing point, which looks remarkably similar to last year's Mercedes W10. Now, Sergio Perez has been pounding around in that car again today. John, I was out watching during the afternoon. It looks tremendously stable. I mean, it, it, does, it does look does look like a pretty big step forward for the team there what was his reaction particularly to some of the comments that rivals were making about what racing point has done well he was asked today what do you think what do you say to people who say this is a pink mercedes and his, his quite cheeky response was well i hope it's as fast as that car um i thought his comments they were really interesting because you could sense his body language he was confident and happy i mean you can sense the lap times they're confident and happy but he's playing it all down so he's got a lot of work to do for melbourne lots of things to understand big responsibility big change big headache but it all reminded me a little bit of the kind of Braun 2009 situation when you know they turned up with this mega car and all the comments from the team, from Jensen and Ross, were, we've got a lot of work to do, we need to understand its early days, etc. I don't think, you know, there's no suggestion that Racing Point are going to be fighting for the World Championship or, you know, even battling for wins. But I sense they sense this real opportunity to, you know, make a big gains in the midfield, potentially be, you know, nudging maybe even better than fourth, could they be up there battling for podiums occasionally, especially the start of the season. Since they've got a big head start in understanding this car, um, and I think it will cause a bit of a fuss, especially for teams like McLaren and Renault, if Racing Point, having gone down this concept of um, adopting another idea's designs and um, ideas, is successful. We saw Sebastian Vettel for the first time in testing today. Charles Leclerc completed another morning for Ferrari and Vettel took over in the afternoon. How did things go for Vettel particularly, but also Ferrari overall today? Uh, it's another fairly understated day from Ferrari. Again, I don't think they were sort of uh, opening the taps as to what can happen with the car this year. I think it was uh, more about just getting up to speed, uh, particularly for Vettel, first go in the car. Um, I think he just wanted to yeah get back into the rhythm, basically. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's just fairly early days. Um, I've heard that most are expecting Ferrari to bring a, a major package to the second test, which will probably show the hand a little bit more, a bit like uh, Mercedes did last year, I guess. And uh, yeah, but I think uh, for Vettel, important just to get some laps in and, and, and uh obviously be well again and uh, have all of tomorrow to uh, I think really sort of dial in with this uh, new SF1000 car and uh, yeah I think get up to speed absolutely well it'll be interesting to see if Ferrari do take the entire Mercedes approach from testing last year and bring a big update for the next test well thank you John thank you Luke and thank you to you for listening to this episode of the Autosport podcast we'll be back tomorrow with uh, our report from the final day of uh, the first test here at Barcelona and very finally thank you to our producer Martin Lee for editing this episode Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.